Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to talk about the wins over St Johnston and Auchinleck. We chat a little bit about the magic of the cup and we preview Celtic and Motherwell in the Premiership. How are we this week guys? I'm good. It's nice to have you back on Calvin actually. We've not had you on for about you know two or three months it feels like. It's been quite a while. I think the last time was a uh... It was after the Dundee United game that I didn't even go to. I love how you admit that you don't go to some of the games and then you end up on the podcast. That, that's, that's what we like to hear. Um, at least you watched that game and you, you have. Yeah, no, I watched. I watched on the telly. I, I couldn't. I couldn't attend in person, but I still watched the watched the game. So I was fully aware of what happened. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was. I think that was the last time. Just making sure you you've you are at both the games that we're going to review today. Yes, yes, I was. I mean, I was at seen, was it the games with you. <laughs> you were at what? Yeah, you were. You were. Yeah, you were at both. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the show by talking about the two 0 win over St Johnston uh, last week, Gordon. A good result for for us and um, Josh Nelly getting two goals as well. Yeah, a really good result. Um, I mean, it was kind of looking like it was going to be one of those days uh, in that first half didn't really create too much um, St Johnson made it difficult for us like we thought they would uh, they sat in although they, they, they I mean you could argue they probably had the biggest chance of the half right at, right at the end Craig Gordon again making a really good save um, and listen I mean the, the best possible way is to score after 20 seconds after half time but if you're looking at that from a St Johnson point of view that is criminal I mean, that's an absolute gift. And I think when you play maybe uh, these teams down the bottom of the league, sometimes you, you need a wee gift from them to, to get you out of jail a little bit. Because I think if the game had went on uh, nil-nil after maybe an hour, maybe longer than that, then the panic starts to set in and, and a lot of questions would be asked of Hearts. So the goal from, from our point of view came at the absolute perfect time. Really good awareness from Ginelli. I mean, it's a fantastic pass from Barry Mackay, who was excellent all night. Um I mean, what, what what can you say about his performance? He was just tremendous, um, and they reflected the two assists that that, that he um that he gave for Ginelli because I mean really, Ginelli couldn't miss. I mean the first one he's one and one, and it's a a cool finish into the bottom corner, um, but again you know that that comes from St Johnston giving the way, the the ball from their own kickoff twenty seconds in. So from their point of view, they'll be absolutely raging. Um, from ours, it's a fantastic gift, but. You've got to credit Mackay picking up the ball and just laying it on a plate for Ginelli. I mean, it's pure class. The second one as well gets away for, for the two uh, St. Johnson players who take each other out. Um, and then it's a beautiful ball across and it's a really good finish from Ginelli. So from that point of view, a really good night for him because I don't think he's scored enough goals this season. Um, although the irony is all three of his goals have came against St. Johnston now. But Good for him, particularly because I said to you at halftime that <laughs> you said, you know, I, I like Janelli, you know, he gives 100%. And I says, well, he's, he's been crap so far tonight. Um, and then 20 seconds in, you gave me the smug look. So I suppose that evens itself out because I still hold uh, the Peter Harren against you. So I guess it was always coming, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, it, second half certainly was good. But I think uh, I think the, the win has to go down to Barry Mackay uh, because he was everywhere. And it just shows you how important he is to Hearts. That that was next on my my list there, Gordon, to, to <laughs> mention about Janelli at halftime. But you are right about the the Peter Haring um, thing at East Fife. I'm right in saying against was it against Wraith Rovers? Against Wraith, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you said this fraud. And I said, yeah. nope, not a chance. What a player! I know one when I see one, and I was I was spot on. Well, I just thought it was another Doug Levine signing. It was the only signing he made. Yeah. It was actually all right, to be fair. Well, he played him out of position. He played him centre half that day, and then you know we were kind of getting beat, and then he put him further up the park, and he's seen his quality there. And then obviously first league start against um, Hamilton scores a scores a double. Barry McKay, obviously, as Gordon alluded to, Calvin had a great game against St Johnston. I mean, he's been a constant performer for Hearts, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been the most consistent out of. Oh, our forward signings from recent years is it seems to be every game he does something. He doesn't always get an assist because it's the finishing, but I'm sure I've seen something from a few Rangers fans on Twitter on 
Wednesday night after his assists, saying that you could put a compilation together of 100 goals, 100 assists Barry McKay should have had at Rangers if it wasn't for poor finishing. So the man, he's a very, very good winger for the level we're at. His ball, the first goal he's balled through to Ginelli was, it's, when you watch it more and more, you see just how perfect the way to pass is to get it between the guy, between the St. Johnson defender and not away from Ginelli. It just it couldn't have played it any better. The second one where he just puts the afterburners on, leaves two boys completely taking each other out comically. The ball across couldn't be any better. It was just superb, everything he'd done. And he's, he's been like that quite a lot this season. I think when he first first made his debut against Hibbs, you sort of seen it a bit there. It took him a while to get up to speed. His first full start was against Livingston, I want to say. And he was man of the match that game. Again, two brilliant assists in that in that performance. He's been, yeah, he's been a great sign. He's a signing that I was quite happy with made at the time, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember that much of Art Rangers. Um, I was I was I was happy about it. But I wasn't. It didn't excite me as much as, for example, when we signed Mackay Stephen. I thought that was on paper the better of the two signings, but I got that one terribly, terribly wrong. But I just uh, hopefully he can get a couple of goals as well. Add that if he's if he could finish, if he gets to be fair, if he could finish, he wouldn't be at Hearts. Uh, that's that's probably the big thing I would say. But I mean, he's, he's one of these guys. He's he's passion. He's he's passing. His vision. His creativity are all twenties on football manager. But he's he's finishing about four. That's the the only. The only downside I've got to him, if he could finish, he would be some player. But no, I'm just glad he's here. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. Because he, he got us out of hole there on, on Tuesday night. We didn't look... We huffed and puffed a lot. St Johnston done what a bottom-of-the-table side are going to do when Tynecastle were compact. Then, as Gordon said, they gave the ball away right at the start. I mean, right from their own kickoff. They gave the ball away. And then Mackay just... just I say the ball, he, couldn't, he just couldn't do any better. He couldn't, couldn't put the ball any better. Janela does brilliantly finish it as well. I'm not taking that away from him, but I think you'd have been pretty annoyed if he'd missed that. Um, but yeah, no, he was great. Obviously, as well, Gordon, the, the three points and subsequent other results have actually put us further clear in third place, haven't they? Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be a big night for Hearts because of the, the fixtures that were taking place um, with our rivals. I, I fancied Ross County to beat Motherwell. I thought that was a really sticky wicket for them. And... Uh, and and they delivered uh, by taking points off them. Obviously, Aberdeen, Druby Rangers, Hibs got beat. Um, so, yeah, listen, all the teams around us dropped points and there was a real opportunity for us to to further cement um, our position. And, and if you look at, you know, the fixtures that are coming up, we, we said on last week's show that, that if we were still clear in third um, by the middle of February, we, we should go on to, to finish the job. And I think... If Hearts were to get a result on Wednesday, for example, against Celtic, I think that, for me, that's probably third done and dusted because I just think that that it would be... I think the way we're playing at the moment, you know, you see us taking care of our home games. I think we have we can still actually go up a few levels. I think... Um, I mean, clearly you could see in that St. Johnston game that it, it was our first game back after a few weeks. I thought it took us a wee while to, to get up to speed and... After we got the first goal, you've you seen the football starting to get played a little a little bit more and we certainly were creating sort of more chances. And um, I thought we looked good. I thought we looked assured in the ball. Um, and that's that's ultimately what you want. You know, you hearts at the start of the season, we were questioning um, the amount of clean sheets that they weren't able to keep. Um, I think as the seasons went on, we, we've started to see um, them be a, lo- a lot more solid now. Um and certainly getting a clean sheet there again uh, was was huge um, because it'll be a big confidence booster to, to the defence. Um, I mean, they, they've all signed long-term contracts now, so we've got a pretty settled back line. Um, so that's that that's absolutely encouraging. I mean, we always said that the Achilles heel was, was the defence, and um, if you get them solid enough, then, then the attack sort of takes care of itself. And um, when you've got players like Mackay, and especially because this is a period where hearts are a little bit short in the forward areas. You know, there was no Woodburn, there was no Boyce. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're having to kind of play Ginelli, who was brought in as a winger through the middle as a centre forward. And um, it shows you just the, the quality that hearts have, that even when they're a little bit short, they could still produce really good moments of magic. Um, I think if you don't have Mackay maybe in that game, then it possibly becomes a, a slog and it maybe finishes nil-nil. And, those types of signings are, are have been really key, I think, to, to attract a player like Mackay up here. I remember him at Rangers, and I'm pretty sure he scored against us, actually, at Ibrox. Um, 
I think for him, he he's kind of at an age now where he's coming in his prime. I'd love to see him get a new contract. Um, if they wait until the summer to, to tie him down longer, particularly if we've got the the sort of the carrot of of regular European football, I think you can keep someone like him and, and almost build a team around him. Um, he has been consistent since he's come in. You know, his levels are certainly above um, everyone else's. Really, I think that's that's the telling factor. I think Hearts are probably lucky to get him in a way because. He, um, I think he felt. I, I'm not sure who was it. If it was Forest, I think it'd be Nottingham Forest. Um, and he ended up going on loan to Fleetwood. Um, and him not being able to get in his parent club side, I think, is why Hearts have been able to get him. I think maybe Fleetwood just couldn't afford him because I, I think his stats or something was, he was he had made like the the most chances out of every player in that division, I believe. Well, he was at Swansea before. Swansea, right? Okay. Yeah, it's not okay. what it was before Swansea. Right. Well, I mean, Swats obviously he's he's been at two pretty sort of big clubs in in the championship anyway, and Forest and Swansea. Um, it's just not quite worked out for him, and he's almost landed on his feet. Kind of the perfect club for him because if he does well here, you know, he could get another uh, big move down south again. So, um, but I'd like to see Hearts tie him down because I think he'll be key to the success that that, that we have this season and beyond. Um, if we can add a little bit more quality in terms of finishers in the team, because I think I'd imagine that's what we'll be looking at now. If we can add a few more finishers in there, then we've got a really strong attacking um, forward line going into the uh, the rest of the season. But um, as Calvin says, you know, I remember Mackay's debut was, it was against Hibs, but I think his first start was actually Ross County. And I think uh, he was deployed as like a fullback um, in the wingback role. And I thought he was excellent that day. He really was. You could see his quality there. Um, and since then, he's just went on. Um, strength to strength so hopefully he'll get his first goal Wednesday because uh, it's it's certainly coming I, w- I wouldn't say that he's um, his finishing's poor I just think it's he doesn't really get himself in the positions to, to maybe finish I think he's more more of that creative spark where he's, he's, his turn of pace is brilliant and you've seen that for the second goal against St Johnston you know he just it looks like he's running at full pelt and then he's just got that extra bit of agility and acceleration where he just gets away from the defenders and 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 it was like that chance that he um he had at Ibrox, for example, where he just beat two, three men and was was one on one and he was unlucky there, you know. When you when you come up against a decent goalkeeper like Alan McGregor, it's you can maybe say to yourself, right, fair enough. But um I think if he if he keeps getting himself in those positions, um when he does decide to go forward, I think he, he will eventually get his first goal. Hopefully it comes Wednesday, but if he keeps creating and for players like Boyce and things like that and, and maybe get a few more in, I think he'll he'll be a real key to, to where we finish this season. And Calvin, he's been the type of player Hearts have been crying out for for seasons, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was maybe being a bit harsh on his finishing, like Gordon said, it's not what he, what he's brought in to do and it's the, you're right, it's exactly what we needed for ages. We've, we've We've not had a creative, a proper creative midfielder for a long time. Um, I can't struggle to think the last time we had a proper player in that. I mean, we've had creative midfielders, but not with that that ability. Um, it's a real coup. I've, I mean, Gordon's saying wait till the summer, try and get him. I would, if I was Hearts, I'd be opening contract negotiations now. We don't want to find ourselves in a situation in the summer where he's got teams coming in for him. With did he say it was a three year or two and a half year deal? He signed. Can anyone remember? Two and a half, I believe. Two and a- and a half. So he gets the summer, he's got a year and a half left. That's the point clubs start putting bids in, try to test or resolve. I mean, just you can see what he's doing. It's not, it's not a gamble to turn around to Barry McKay right now and go, we want to extend you for an hour. By all means, chuck a release clause in there or something for him if he wants. But I think Carter should be doing everything they can to keep him, keep him at the football club. I think we've been really good with contract negotiations this, this, uh, this January and he'd got another one just to sort of show up. We've got something, we're building something there and that's the sort of player you want to build it around and you want to have in your team. And We don't want to lose them, we certainly don't want to lose them on the cheap in the summer. So I think that's that's definitely what we need to be looking at doing. Obviously as well, since the last time we were on, um, Nandalee has left the club. Gordon, do you think we'll go and sign uh, another striker this window, considering Nandalee's gone? Yeah, yeah, well, I, th- I, think, I think we're in for two. Um, and I think hopefully we will sign two, but as, as Nielsen says, and uh, it's, it's kind of been the club's motto that it's got to be the right player, and, and I agree with that completely. I'd, I'd, 
listen, we'd all love to to see the the Klaxon come in and say, right, we've signed such and such. But you know, if they turn out to be, you know, crap like you know previous strikers we've had over the years, then you almost think it's a bit of a waste of time. Um, so if we can get the right player in in January, you know, I I just look back to the um the the championship season when Zifuk came in and you you know listen we're on our way to winning the title anyway but I think the 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 kind of the the margin that we won it by uh, was was down to the sort of that January signing in there and bringing him in and the goals he was able to score um, and I think that's what Hearts sort of need to do they need to kind of share the goals around they need some players that will come in and do that and I think having guys like Gary Mackay Stephen and and Woodburn and and Ginelli on the bench I think is is good because on their day um they can they can pull something out of the bag for you but unfortunately they've just not scored enough goals collectively and they've not done enough um for me to to be regular starters I think what you want to do is you want to look at that front three Boyce is a sure thing in there and then you've got Mackay and you, you, you want someone else in there that can go into the team and uh, and be that regular starter. And then you're wanting someone who will always push Boyce for that main kind of striking position. Someone who will always come on, whether they play in a two or they replace Boyce, whatever. That's what you've got to look at. You've always got to look at how you can be better, um, how you can... Because injuries will happen. You know, they, they will. It's only natural. I mean, we've just came through a period where we've had... Uh, I mean, Boyce is maybe only started a handful of games out of the last 10 or whatever. Um, so, and you almost think if you look at his goal scoring record going into whenever he got injured, I can't remember what game it was he, he missed, first of all, but you almost think to yourself, well, if he had carried on that goal scoring run, we would would be much higher than we, well, we'd have a better points total anyway than, than where we are at the moment. So uh, I think it's key to have a goal scorer in your team, particularly if we have a creative player like your Mackays who can, um, can set these sort of players up and, and give them goals and um but it's finding it's finding the right the right player and I, and I fully trust the the process uh, it might be the case that it goes down to the wire we'd love to get one in before Wednesday but you know as time goes on it's looking like that's less and less likely but certainly if they can get the right ones in before the the transfer window closes um then they've got a real good chance to um to hopefully hit the ground running and, and secure third um and potentially even win the Scottish Cup so I think that's got to be the aim now for Hearts we've got a good squad there we can certainly keep adding to it it's not like previous times where we've had good squads they've always been broken up because well, we're skint and we've no money um, I think now there's a real good chance for us to be a really good Hearts team and for us to actually build on it for once and I think that's the most exciting thing for me Before we go and talk about Auchinleck, um Calvin what did you make of the reaction John Souter got on Tuesday? I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, so it's probably the first time I can remember of a player signing a pre-contract with one of the old firm while still being at Hearts. I don't think anybody that's been around football would be surprised at the reaction he received. Um, I, I didn't feel particularly sorry for him. I think you know, you know that's going to happen. Like. It was a bit of a distraction. Uh, that, that's the one thing I would say. I, I have to kind of question the judgment there over whether to put him in. I mean, I'm, part of me is glad he got to hear how the fans feel about it, but the other part of me was that as the game went on, it did just start to become a bit of distraction for the other players. There was points where they weren't passing on. There was against a slightly better team that could have turned into, you know, it could have cost us. I'm not saying the fans booing him were wrong. I'd, I'd boo them when he came on. Right? I fully admit that. I, it's football. That's what football's about. You can't move. To, you can't move to a rival, a rival club on a free contract and expect to to get away. Not to get away with that sounds wrong, but to to not get booed by your, you're not your fans anymore. As far as I'm concerned, John Suter is now a Rangers player. I'm fed up of seeing people saying, "Oh, we don't boo players that play for Hearts." He's not a Hearts player anymore. He's going to be there till either Rangers pay up or the end of the season. But he's not. A, he's not a Hearts player anymore. He belongs to Glasgow Rangers now, so you have to just take that for what it is. I don't think it's the wrong move for him. I, I, I can fully understand why he's why he's made the move. Like there's there's no there's no well feeling about that. I just that's what happens. Footballers move on to rival clubs. You're going to get pelters. The, the people are clutching their pedals about it. Like, oh, how dare we boo him? Oh, he's just no. That's that's if that's what you feel, go and watch the rugby. Right? It's not what football's about. 
It's... Do you not? Do you not understand the that viewpoint as well? He is still representing Hearts. He is he's, still. Yeah, but he's representing Hearts. Okay, I'll give, I'll give them that. But by all means, I'm not saying everyone should have been booing him and chucking stuff at him. But the people are applauding him. Come on, he's done his dirty. Whether you, whether you whether it's the right decision for him financially, I don't like. I, I tend to not see these things as as badly as other people do. Like I fully understand why he's done it. Right. I, I would in the same boat. I would be very tempted to do the same, but. You can't then expect to get a plot. I mean, yeah, it's just not. It's just bizarre. Like you're applauding a guy who's done us over. Like at the end of the day, Hearts like Hearts, and I'm fed up as you know. Well, we played for Hearts. He got injured playing for Scotland, right? Hearts gave him it. All right, we could have extended his contract last year. We didn't, right? Because at that point in time, we didn't know if he was ever actually going to kick a ball again. But we have extended his contract previously when he's going through bad injury spells. As Gordon said about a hundred times, he was part of a relegated defence that we could have offloaded off the wage bill. There was a point, I mean, at that point in time, he, had a, he would have had a release clause in his contract. We could have offloaded him. He was probably second or third highest paid player at the club at that point in time. He didn't kick a ball for 18 months, right? Hearts were, were doing well within their rights at that point to go. I mean, I think we'd have looked a bit scummy doing it, but from a business point of view, it wouldn't have made that much. It wouldn't have been a bad business move to get him off the wage bill at that point in time. But we didn't. We stuck by him. I'm not saying he should have signed and played for Hearts forever and ever, but. There's ways of going about doing things when you then just sign a pre-contract with a rival club. I mean, there's only three clubs that he got that abuse for signing for, right? And he chose one of those three clubs. So you just have to take it on the chin. It's football. You expected that. He's not an idiot. Like, he'll know full well that was coming. Didn't cost the games on the wall. <laughs> Do you think he'll continue to get this sort of reaction, Gordon? Or do you think that's, that's it if he does play again? I don't think he'll play again. Can't see him starting on uh, Wednesday. I know Nielsen said that he was he was going to start him if he's fit and all this crap, but no, I don't. I don't see him. I think he may be on the bench on uh, on Wednesday, but I think uh, I think he'll stick with the same defensive that played on Saturday. Um, certainly, I would anyway. Um, I don't see because because it's Celtic as well, and the cameras will be. I mean, ever I mean everyone that's that's kind of. Um, sort of West Coast-minded will be hoping that he, he slips up and maybe hands Celtic, you know, a, a win and then immediately everything's on him. Oh, Rangers defender gifts Celtic win and all this sort of crap. So, no, I, I would keep him out of the, the, the limelight. I think um, I like the idea of Michael Smith being at centre-half. Um, I think um, you'll be back at a, a back three and I think Atkinson will come in and, and play that wing-back role who I like to look of on, on Saturday. Um, I know we're playing against a junior side, but I think you can still see that there's a definitely a talented player in there just by the way he sort of moved and uh, how quick he was and somebody's passing was really good uh, and he was unlucky not to score himself. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's the way I, I, I'm hoping that, that Nielsen will pick the side. Um, Rangers might be thinking to themselves, well, we'll keep him there for the Celtic game just in case Hearts need him. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I think a deal will get done. It might go down to deadline day. Who knows? But I, I don't see him starting a game for Hearts again. I just can't. Um, I just think it's it's too much of a distraction. And um, I, I'm baffled he even started the St Johnston game. I said last week that I didn't think he would have done, but hey-ho, there we go. And um, no surprise that he was left out of the cup game to, to make sure he doesn't get cup-tied. Because I think if Hearts had cup-tied him, then I think there, would, there wouldn't really be any chance of a deal getting done. Certainly not the fee that the Hearts would be looking for anyway. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I think if there was if the deal wasn't going to be done, I think he would have been in the squad on Saturday. I, I don't think. Um, I think that kind of tells its own story. That either Rain, like you say, if he's cup tied, Hearts won't get the fee they're looking for. A range. There's clearly been discussions that went on because as far as I was aware, up until Friday he was going to be in the squad. Then he doesn't even travel on Saturday, so it's clearly discussions have went on. There's no way he's going to start against Celtic. I mean, that's just it would just be daft. You're looking at the team, the biggest rivals the team he's going to, who are going to be on his back for. In the 90 minutes. Hearts fans will still get on his back. Right. I think for me personally, I've got out of my system. I'm not going to boo a Hearts player against Celtics. I want us to just win the game. But but some people will, and they will win the rights to. And I just think it was a distraction on Tuesday against a piss poor St. Johnston side. So I think cost has entered. You can't afford that sort of distraction against against Celtic. You need 11 players that come in. And that, that's my biggest thing about Johnson to remain in the hearts and why he's going to get booed. It's, he's not going to be committed to the jersey for the rest of the season. Why would he? What, what happens if we get to the split and we need to go Ibrox or sorry, we Rangers come to Tynecastle, hopefully. They, they're going for the title and we need three points for Europe, but you can't. There's no way you can rely on them in that position. So, just 
yeah, I, I don't see him playing for Hearts this season. I think Hearts will be working on a deal with Rangers. I think we'll try and take it down to the last minute to get as much out of them as possible. Not sure that we're desperate to offload them, but he'll not play against Hearts. We'll move on and, and chat a little bit about Saturday. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my day on Saturday, actually. It's a good day out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a really great day, actually, um, I have to say. I think from start to finish, we all enjoyed ourselves. But, um, yeah, it was uh, I mean, it's the first time I've been to kind of a, a ground of that size, watching Hearts uh, in a competitive fixture, anyway. Um, and as soon as we arrived at the train station, you know, you, you kind of felt the the atmosphere in the town, how excited everyone were that, that sort of hearts what had turned up and it was a big massive Scottish Cup day for them. And um it almost kind of reminds me of when uh, we played Spurs and um for you know that, that night at Tencastle, you know, the, the buzz and then Spurs just turned up and, and gave us a footballing lesson. That I feel that's what we've done to Auchinleck. Um I thought Hearts were excellent from the start. And, and I said before the game actually that I think Hearts will win five nil the day. I don't see there being any issue. I know everyone was desperate for there to be a wee cup shock and that, but if Hearts went there and applied themselves and played the football that we know that they're capable of playing, then Auchinleck weren't going to get near us. And uh, and you've seen that, really. I mean, they didn't give Auchinleck a sniff, I mean, apart from the first maybe 30 seconds when they had a chance. But that, that was really about it. Um, and then they had that chance in the second half that they perhaps should have scored, scored from. But that was always going to happen. You know, they were never going to go 90 minutes without getting... Uh, a sniff at goal, but I thought Hearts moved the ball really well. I thought um, their positional uh, presence was good, and they've done everything that, that you should do in every game, not just when you play against a junior team. I think you should go into those games with that type of energy and and move the ball as well as that, regardless of who you're playing against, because I think you know we've got the players that are capable of doing so. I thought we scored some really good goals. Pick of the bunch, probably Peter Haring goal. I think that was a lovely, lovely move from Hearts. Uh, really good stuff from McInef, who I'd like to see getting sort of more game time. I think he's a player that um, has got an opportunity now um, to come into the squad and, and one that you can that, that I think it will, will be big, um, a big part of the, the, the second half of the season. Really good pick for Haring and, again, showing his class. Uh, lovely goal. So... For me, I thought it was uh, it was a really good good professional performance from Hearts, and I think it's the least you expect. I think it should have been eight 0 It was um, the exact opposite of what happened at Broda last year, which is what I think. Like, I remember Gordon was quite confident, but I was still nervous. I think it's after what what happened in the Scottish Cup last year, there was always that nagging sort of doubt that you know if we just started poorly, we took we didn't we didn't do a professional job. We went out thinking ah, we'll beat them already. I said on the train down, I hope everyone said, oh, don't change the 11, play, exa- play the exact same 11 and start the St. Johnson. I wanted us to bring in a few players who maybe were on the fringes about our new players like Atkinson. Halliday was the other one I kind of wanted to see. I think he'd be up for a battle and B, you want guys that are going to try and they're trying to force their way into the team. They're not just they're not just starting every week. And I think you get a bit of hunger in a game like that. We've obviously, we obviously had the far better players. If we applied ourselves, we would have beaten them comfortably when we did. But sometimes you just get these games, as we've seen at Brora, where team players turn up. And I've seen it so many times before, like Stenhouse moving the League Cup a few years ago, before for games like that, where we turn up, ends up going extra time or whatever, because we just turn up expecting expecting it to be a walk in the park. And it doesn't work out that way. So I was quite nervous. Like you say, you're going to this town where the entire town is uh, is up for it. The, the officials seem to get a bit swept up in the, in the cup upset story too. Obviously, onside goals chopped off and one of the most blatant penalties I've ever seen not awarded. And after we went 1-0 up, we are in cruise control at that point. And I think Hearts could have won that game by more. We didn't We didn't need to. We just fully professional job, knocked them out. Men against boys, exactly what you want in that cup tie, but it's exactly what we don't do very often. Like even Ockham, like at home the first time we played them, it was, it was a nearly a catastrophe. So, yeah, it's... It's exactly what I wanted. Perfect cup tie. Going to a new town, you've never been to before. A wee non-league side, the entire town's out and up for it. And then you just absolutely turn them over. Up the road, taxi back to come on it. In the pub for four o'clock. No problem. Job done. And it was, obviously, with it being a new ground as well, Gordon, it's what the Scottish Cup's all about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that game kind of uh, epitomised what the, the early rounds in the cup are all about. And I think um, since the junior teams were admitted to the Scottish Cup, I think it's 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 been it's been brilliant. It really does. And and 
only the Scottish Cup could throw a tie like that together, you know, a junior team against uh, a premiership team. I, I think it's brilliant. Um, and, and I'm all for it. You know, I, th- I think um, I remember uh, Bonnie Rigg Rose playing Hibs a few years ago and they played uh, Tynecastle. And I understand that obviously Bonnie Rigg would have been wanting as much money as they can, but that should have been played at their ground. You know, I mean, I think um, I think if they start moving games to because I always remember like um, uh, a few people said to me, oh, they might move the game to Rugby Park and that like, Why? Why would you want to? You know, I think it's it's, it's the magic of the cup going down to these smaller grounds. I know they want to make as much money as they can, but it's not always about making as much money as you can. I think it's about the, the magic of the competition and, and going down there and, and playing at a 4,000 stadium, people standing in the old terracings, and I thought it was great. I thought it was, I just thought everything about it was brilliant. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, it helps that we went 1-5-0, put on a really good entertaining performance, but I think to just just everything about it was good. Uh, the the early train, um, getting down there, we sing song with the fans. It's just what you want, and I I think you know for, fourth round day is probably one of the best weekends of the of the season for me. Um, and I think you you always see clubs turn out in big numbers. More people tend to go to the cup games than than see your average league game. I don't know why that is, but it just seems to be the case. Um, but I think everybody who who even the Auckland fans will say that they, they they'll have enjoyed their day out as well, because uh, like I said, when you got off the train, you, you felt that there was a real kind of carnival atmosphere in in the town, all the flags and all the bunting were out and things like that, and it was great to see. It really was, you know. The, and the locals were good, um, you know. They 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 looked after us, um, made sure we had somewhere to go for a drink and stuff. So, um, really really good day out, and um, and hopefully you know they get themselves into the um the you know kind of the pyramid system and I think they're they're one league away from the Lowland League and, and you could see them going right through that and then and then becoming you know an SPFL side because I think that's the the good thing about having the pyramid system now is you know you've got a lot of old tired clubs in there who have been around for a long long time and I think clubs that don't really have much ambition to be honest with you and then you've got teams like Yorok and Lex who let's be honest with you are serial winners actually because I think they've won something like 115 trophies um and and now these clubs have the ambition you know you you only see it with Kelty seeing it with Cove Rangers the, the, these clubs are, have got uh, a bit of ambition about them and they want to try and get as far as they can in Scotland and I think now that they've got the opportunity to do that I think it's great for the game and it and it really freshens up Scottish football so fantastic to see and um and yeah uh, I mean job done and and we march on Right, Calvin. It sort they sort of add something different, don't they? Than sort of smaller clubs that have been sort of in the leagues for a long time, don't they? I mean, that's that's the beauty of the cup, and that's the beauty of having them within a system now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the old cold shop it was just brutal. You end up it's Bennett Rangers at the bottom of the league every single year because there was no there was no incentive for them. Like they were never going to go up, and they were never going to do anything more than just be also runs in the second division or well, league two or whatever it is now. Um, and then you've got clubs like Cove Rangers who were championing the bit for years. Edinburgh City were another one desperate to get in. Um, and these clubs are trying to build, trying to build and get them. I mean, that's Cove Rangers have been promoted already. They're on the cusp of promotion from League One at the Championship. Edinburgh City probably are a couple of years behind them, but they'll they'll push on as well. And instead, you had this situation where you had to wait for a club to go bust for any other club to get a get a shot in the league. Whereas now it's it's good teams like Hawk and Lake. Although I'm not too sure they're actually one of the teams that wants to come up. I think they quite enjoy the the juniors, but hopefully this might push them on a bit. Because the... I think I think they did, but I think they've changed their mind. I think they've they've they're now pushing for um for promotion and and deciding to have a crack at the SPFL. I think they originally um were wanting to stay, but but I don't think they've been, they've they're even competing in the the junior um junior league or whatever it's called. I mean, I mean the yeah, junior league now... get disbanded. Um... Just before COVID, I think if I'm right in saying, I think Auckland were one right. of the teams that didn't want to go into the the new league, but I think enough teams wanted to go in the new league, so they had to, or else they wouldn't have had a, had a league to go to, sort of thing. Right, that's that's fair. And then you've got, I mean, Kelly Hearts are another one. Look at them; they've came up, they've built a new stadium. You've got old. T- I mean, I think I think we talked about this in the train down about you're saying old tired clubs. Cowden Beef's a prime example of that a club that's just stagnated. Well, stagnated. They're just they don't bring anything. There's nothing there. They barely even get fans, and you've got this new 
well, Kelty Hearts aren't a new club, but they're now able to work their way up the league. They've got a nice new stadium for a club of their size. Um, they're, they're building, and then they go and knock at an SPL side on Saturday. Um, Roller Rangers are another one. They've tried, they were trying for years to get the, the set up, and now they're, they're able to push on and hopefully, hopefully work their way up. So it's, it's breathed a lot of new life into that, that side of the game. And a club like Cove, and Cove are probably the best, the best example given the fact that they're almost at the championship now. But you're replacing better Rangers with a Cove, right? It's, it's night and day. It's a team that I, mean, I still think it's too much hassle for them again in the league. I, I think there should just be automatic relegation for whoever finishes bottom of the league too. I think the playoffs are a bit of a a bit of a nonsense. It's still heavily weighted in favour of the League Two club, but I think yeah, and it gives other clubs down there a kick up the arse. They can't just carry on being crap year in year out. They have to they have to they have to do something to avoid it. So yeah, no, I think it's, it's been brilliant for for Scottish football. And obviously Livingston next in the cup, um, Gordon. You know, a decent side, but we've got them at home. You'd expect us to get through. Yeah, absolutely. A good draw for us, I think. I think any home draw is what you want. Um, although it's against our Premiership side, it's a team that we've beaten twice already. Um, so yeah, I think Hart should should look on that favourite um, with, with a bit of uh, a bit of joy. Um, but yeah, listen, we can't take them lightly. We'll, we'll have to beat them, and uh, because they, you know, they are still a a, a decent side, um, and they'll they'll see it as a, a free hit almost going there and and. Um, because I I like Martin Dale, I do. I have to say, um, I like the way he kind of sort of just says whatever he, he feels. And I was laughing at his comments after the Ross County game. He says, "Well, you know, through in the cup, clean sheet. They really want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> That's how he's seen that game, really. And and you you know you you've got to love that kind of honesty. So he'll he'll come to Tynecastle and he'll say to his side, you know, listen, it's a free hit for you." Let's see how far we can get in the cup, and you know it was only last season that they got themselves to a cup final. So um, we can't we can't look past them. Um, but if Hearts are able to get themselves into the quarterfinals, you look at the the draws that have kind of well the teams that have been paired together. Um, you know, Hibs have got a tough one up at Arbroath. Hopefully they'll you know Arbroath will be able to stick them out. You've got Aberdeen as Motherwell uh, again. You know, two sides who who will fancy themselves at a wee cup run. Um, and then you've obviously got, uh, I think, Dundee have got Peter Head, I think, come out right and saying. Peter Head could fancy that themselves. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if, if they ended up knocking Dundee out. Um, so, you I mean, you could get yourself a, a potentially a championship team or, or a lower league team, because I think Partick Thistle have got Dundee United. Wouldn't be shocked if they ended up getting themselves through. Um and ultimately, it's all about just getting to the final. And um, it doesn't matter who you draw. I mean, we were fortunate, I think, um, the the first year, kind of 2019, that we made it to the final, we had a, a sort of great run, a lot of home ties, and obviously two championship teams that we tried our best to make a meal of, but eventually we, we got past. And then on our way to the final, and we were unlucky that day. I think if we had a, a full-strength side out, we, we potentially could have beat Celtic that day. And then obviously a tougher run. Um, to the final the last time we made it there um, having to get past obviously um, Rangers and, and Hibs but um, listen Hart, Hart shouldn't fear anything uh, or anybody I think if they if they can hopefully get a favourable we run to the final they should fancy it um, they've lost the last two hopefully third time lucky because I think uh, silverware would be huge for the club would be huge for the manager um, and it would really kick us on and ultimately it would set us up for next season with, with group stage football guaranteed. Uh, I mean, we might end up getting it through the league, but you know the Cup absolutely guarantees it and um, it's a huge carrot for Hearts and they should try go all out and, and win it um, because it's something I think the club badly needs. It's been 10 years since since we last won a trophy and uh, it would be sweet given how, given what we've been through, you know, two relegations, administration, three cup final defeats. Um, so I think we're due one and, and hopefully this will be the uh, the season that we get it. Gordon's right, Calvin. The Scottish Cup is so, so important to Hearts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, as I mean, it is on its own merit of being the biggest cup competition in Scottish football. Um, but now, like Gordon said, the carrot of guaranteed group stage European football, that's massive. Like that's, especially for the fans, from our point of view, it means you're guaranteed three 
away trips in Europe guaranteed to then you can sit and pick and choose what ones you want to do rather than just going to go this one in case we get through I think um, I think winning the cup would be massive like the, the cup final defeats have just made like get, getting there the last two out of the last three years just makes you more determined I would say as fans more more hungry I can see when we, we spent all those years just getting knocked out in the fourth round off Celtic every year you kind of just forget about <laughs> we went so long with getting hammed in completely you kind of just sort of forgot what it was like and then all of a sudden we started just getting hammed in was it four semi-finals or all we got to? And then you start going well. A lot more of those days at hand than what you what following a couple of hearts is all about. Um, I think in terms it'd be a good marker of progress we've made as well. I think because the last couple of times we've got to cup finals, we've got to cup finals with shit sides. I think the last time we got to a cup final with a good side was uh, 2012, and obviously we all know what happened there. So I think this side would be more than capable of of winning winning a trophy. Um, I hope. I, mean, I think the last time we got to the final, we got Auchinleck and Livingston as well. I think it's just the other way about. It was Livingston the first round, fourth round, Auchinleck in the fifth. Um, well, listen, Livingston aren't going to be a walkover. Like they're, they're going to come and they're going to try and win it. It's a one-off game. They're not going to try and set it. That, I mean, they'll, they'll, they're not going to come all guns blazing, but they know they can. They know they can beat us, but we should be going out there trying to beat them. And then you're in the quarters. Hopefully, the draw opens up a bit. Ideally, Celtic and Rangers get each other, take one of them out. In, in terms of the draw, you obviously you want the, the lowest ranked team at home, but as long as it's a home tie and you avoid the old firm. I know obviously I'm always in two minds. Do you want them at home or do you want them at Hamden? But then there's always the chance that what we got in 2012, not 2012, sorry, um, 2019, where they take one of them gets taken out and then all you've got to do is play one. Whereas you know if you get one of them at home, you're still 90% going to face one in the final. So fortunately, we've got Livingston at home. Rangers have obviously got Annan because that's how it was always going to go. Um, I think who've Celtic got? They oh, we've got Wraith Rovers at home. Of course they have. Um, and yeah, so hopefully it opens up a bit. Hopefully Aberdeen Hibs get taken out as well because as much as I would fancy us to beat them, I still would just rather I'd rather get the run we got. At, listen, I'd love to win the cup by beating Hibs, Celtic and Rangers on the way to doing it, but I'd rather just win the cup. Um, the best way to do that is just by drawing low-ranked teams at home until you get to Hamden. So here's hoping we can. Talking about the old firm, we've got Celtic coming to town on Wednesday, Gordon. Huge game for Hearts. I mean, each game we've played against them this season has been relatively close, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's been competitive. Um, in the fact, the last two were at Parkhead. Um, yeah, listen, I think Hearts have got nothing to fear on Wednesday. I think it's a really good opportunity for them to... Um, to really set the season on fire by going into that game and winning it. And um, I think every kind of big game, certainly against the old firm this season, I think Hearts have, have done pretty well. They've competed very well. And uh, even the last game that we lost at home at Rangers, I think if Hearts turn up with that type of intensity, um, I think there's a good chance that they'll win the game because I think they were just just gave away two kind of sort of soft goals and, and we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. But I think the performance overall was good. I think the intensity was good and the way they approached the game was good. And I think if they can do the same on Wednesday, then they've got a really good chance of getting a result. Celtic, I thought, looked very uninspiring on when, uh, on Saturday night against Aloha. Um, They've got a few players out injured. So I think there's a good opportunity for Hearts to take them like there was at the start of the season. Um, on the opening day, I fancied Hearts that day and I fancy Hearts on Wednesday. I just think under the lights at Tynecastle, if we play our game, we've got a really good chance of beating them. I thought we're very unfortunate at Parkhead to um, to not to take anything in the league, undone by a, a disgraceful decision from the linesman. Um, and and I think on that day, you know, we, on another day, we, we could have took something from that game. So Hearts can, and, and the Hearts will create chances. If they can take their chances, then they've got a really good chance of winning the game. And it, it almost felt to me that last month there, kind of when we lost at Celtic, that, that any chance of like, Splitting the old firm was finished. I thought, you know, that's them way out in front of us. But we win this, we're only six points in, uh, behind them. And, you know, because at that, at that point, they, they did have games and things like that. That that That's quite crazy when you think about it. You know, six points is, is virtually nothing. It's two games, um, especially when the fact that they've got trips to, uh, well, they've got Rangers coming up. And then I think they've got to go to Easter Road, I think. And they've also got Aberdeen, I think, away. Um, to come, so they they've got tricky fixtures themselves. They've got key players kind of out. Um, although Celtic have have hit a run at a 
run of form since they had that sort of dodgy start. I still think that they're certainly beatable and um, you only had to watch by their performance on Saturday. You know, if they turn up and they play like that at Tynecastle, I think Hearts beat them. Um, I think if Hearts getting about them, play our football, um, approach the game correctly, then there's a really good chance for Hearts. So it'll be interesting. It's a really interesting one. We'd love to get our signing in before then just to boost everybody up again. Um, but I think Hearts have nothing to fear there and, and they should get right in about them. Calvin, do you share Gordon's optimism that the race for seconds on if we win? I do in a way, yeah, because if we were only six points clear and thirds, nobody would be sitting there going thirds over, it's done. They play us, then they have to go Ibrox the week, no, not go Ibrox, sorry, they've got to take the injuries at Celtic Park the week after. Um, so it's far from done. It's absolutely far from done. I think if we lose, it's, there's no chance, I would say at that point, it's done as well. But if you're giving me odds, I'd still say the odds are we're not going to finish above them. But to get it down to six points, going into February, I mean, I'll be the bit in your hand off of that at the start of the season. I think it's doable. I think they're they're missing a few key players. I mean, it's not just injury. I mean, they've got a few guys out with internationals as well. I think Rogic and Kyogo are out for Wednesday night. Um, McGregor's now looking like he'll be out for quite a while as well. He's been one of their best players this season. So they're, they're sort of midfield two are out. Their, their main attacking threat's out for at least a month. There's a chance there if they can go on the similar if they go on a similar sort of run to how they went to the start of the season. We've shown this season as well that head to head we can compete. Oh, yeah, it's probably the first time I can remember where we've actually out of four four goals at the old firm so far this season we've been competitive in every game. Um, taking I mean five points at a potential twelve on paper doesn't look great, but you compare that to what a record normal is against the old firm over four games. It's probably one of the better ones we've had. We've went to Glasgow twice. We've taken a point. Should have taken a point at Parkhead. Um, it's probably the best of our seen us play there. Um, should have taken a point, didn't, unfortunately, thanks to a mixture of poor finishing and poor officiating, but it's what happens. But we, we matched them on the night. Um, we beat them at Tynecastle. I don't see any reason why we can't beat them again. I watched the same, I watched the game on Saturday as well, and they were awful against a League One side, against a poor League One side as well. So they're, they're not um, they're not unbeatable. There's every chance that we go there on, on Wednesday night and beat them. I think it's, we just need to not give them a stupid goal. I think the Rangers game at Tynecastle was a key example of that. We were the better team for most of that game against Rangers, but we gifted them two terrible goals at not the start. I mean, they came flying at the traps that game. We had two or three chances before they even got a foot of the ball. But the first time, the first time they, they get any sort of break in the play, and they're in behind, it's 1-0, and then two minutes later, one long ball over the top, it's 2-0, and it's game over. Well, I say that, I still feel if we'd scored any time before the red card in that game, we'd have got back in. They, they were rattled. Um... So I don't see why, as long as we, we start, if we start the same way we did against Rangers without giving away the stupid goals, I think we'd probably win the game. We've done this, we've done the same at them at Tynecastle as well, the first game of the season. We came absolutely flying at the traps, got the goal in the first five minutes, kept that intensity up. We probably would have beat them quite quite comfortably. Fortunately, we got the break in the end, two to three points, but they're nothing special. Like they, they really aren't. They've, they've got players that can hurt you, of course, they're, they're Celtic, but they're, they're beatable. I, mean, I, th- I think it's... the. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time we've done a double over them in a season. I, I certainly can't remember it. It'd be some some achievement for. I think I think twenty twelve yeah. was probably the last time we we beat them twice in a season. I think. Yeah. Obviously, once at Tynecastle and, and once at Hamden, but yeah, I can't, I can't remember the last time we beat them twice at Tynecastle. I mean, I remember doing it to uh, Rangers. I've done um, Rangers, but I I can't I can't quite remember uh, doing it. I'm sure it's happened, but. 2006 7, I think we got a draw and a win, I think, because we beat them on the opening day of the season. And no, they, 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 mind that was Fresley's first. Oh, sorry, so it was. They beat us. No, they did beat us, yeah. So it was we, beat them, we beat them at Parkhead that season and at Tynecastle. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because uh, even the, the 06 season, uh, like the 05 06 season, we um, lost twice. Drew Parkhead lost at home. One at home to, and lost to, Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, so listen, I mean, it's our record against Celtic's not great, um, but I just think there's it's there for Hearts on Wednesday. And I think, um, you know, they're a team that's, that's full of confidence. They've got a, a fully fit squad. You know, what? Uh, have a go. You know what I mean? They, they, they're a team, that there's, listen, there's loads of pressure on Celtic. 
um, because the old firm game's coming around the corner. That's all everyone's talking about is the old firm game, the old firm game, as if it's, you know, a straight shootout for the title. They lose here, and then suddenly their season starts to crumble again. And I think yeah. the fact that it's a very dangerous game for Celtic, this one, uh, I think, you know, the way the media's talking as if they're just going to turn up at Tynecastle and win, I think they're very foolish there. I think Hearts should should really cut, sort of get right in about them and, and fancy their chances, because like I say, you know, six points behind them, they've still got um, tough games to come. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the Celtic players are going to take it like that. Though. I think they've already lost it once. No, I'm, I'm sure, the I'm sure they will. That. But, but the, 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 the issue is with, with that Celtic squad is that they're still, you know, there a lot of key players are missing, and yeah. um, and and you've got to see yourself. Do they have the mentality to go to Tynecastle and and get a result and. And you would question that because you've seen when they've not had Kyogo in the team before, how kind of sort of how average they, they almost become. You know, Jota's certainly not up to full fitness yet, um, although he's, he's a dangerous player. Um, and, you know, although they'll they'll need the three points, but Postacoglu, I think he, he wouldn't be human if he didn't have one eye on the old firm game. I think, in the fact, every time he goes into a press conference, that's all people ask him about is, yeah. oh, will such and such be available for the old firm game? Blah, 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 blah. That's all people are going about. And I think it's only natural for them to maybe take their eye off the ball here. Uh, I know they've lost to, to, to Hearts at Tynecastle already, but they'll say to themselves, well, we've beaten Hearts twice twice in a row already, so um, we should have enough to, to, to go there and get the points. But football doesn't work that way. And I think Hearts should be licking their lips because I think there's a... There should really be a feeling unjust from from the last two games we've played Celtic. You know, we've lost by a goal, but the cup game was with a lot to do with our own doing. A lot of Celtic played well in the first half. I think we got our tactics wrong that day. Um, but then you you look at the game at Parkhead back in December there and thought Hearts done well and, and they were ultimately robbed. I think Hearts should should look at it, say to themselves, listen, we can give anybody a game at Tynecastle. Let's turn up, play the football. We know that we can play. And we've got, you know, and there's an opportunity for a result there because if they can win on Wednesday, not only does it take us within six points of Celtic, but psychologically what that does to the teams chasing us, the fact that they'll be looking at the game where Hearts have got Celtic, they might slip up here. You keep the, the gap at, at the very least eight, even extend it beyond that. The teams behind us suddenly, I think, start giving up hope and it becomes a battle for fourth rather than a battle for third. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a fair point. Like, if we can... I mean, last Wednesday, last Tuesday couldn't have went any better for us. The way like every other team behind us dropped results. And your point about Celtic being under pressure as well. That I mean, it's, that's pretty huge. They, that they, their season is affected. They can't win the week this in the next week, but they can certainly lose it. I mean, they lose to us and drop points at Parkhead tie brought it to Rangers, and it's uh, the title's over at that point. I would say they'll not, they'll not admit to it, but the title is over if they they lose to us and then drop points to Rangers. So, yeah, that could play quite heavily on their minds. Obviously, as well, we've got Motherwell coming up on Saturday. Another important game, considering they are currently sitting fourth in the table as well, Gordon. Well, I think that this next two games, really, I mean, you could almost say that, that listen, it's Hearts, but you could almost quietly say to yourself, right, that's kind of third wrapped up if Hearts were to get six points out of the next two games. Um, and it sets us up nicely going to um, going into the derby, but... I think certainly uh, the, the Motherwell game is a massive game for us, uh, particularly if, if we're able to win um, on Wednesday, then, you know, everyone should be absolutely buoyant and buzzing and, and go there and, and hopefully take care of them and and extend the gap. But even if Hearts were to get beaten Wednesday, I think the, the Motherwell game is massive because, again, they are right behind us in the table. I'm not saying they're going to go and finish fourth. I don't think they will. I think, um, I think Aberdeen might get themselves... Uh, might get themselves in there, but at the same time, you know, they, they are, they're an inconsistent side. Also, Hibs, you don't really know what, what they are going to produce. I thought they were poor the other night against Cove, and I thought they were poor at Parkhead as well. So, um, you just don't know. I mean, they, those are those teams below us really have all, they, they've all found it difficult to put consistent runs together where we have been the opposite. We've managed to, to put a consistent run together, and we've won four in a row now can go to uh, and, and win these next two games at home, it would be tremendous because you've got the derby there. Obviously, you need to win a derby, but you've then got Dundee at home after that. Um, sorry, no, Rangers away and then Dundee at home. Um, you come through that spell, like I say, um, clear in third. 
then you look at the running fixtures that Hearts have got. I mean, Aberdeen and Hibs have still to come, but they're both at Tyncastle before they split. So there's a, a real good opportunity now for Hearts to really put the foot on the gas now through this next sort of three weeks and see and take as many points as we possibly can and come out the other side and think to ourselves, right, you know, we're in a great position now. Let's kick on and see where we can where we can finish the season. Because if you can get, you know, third wrapped up before the split and just say you're still in the Scottish Cup, then it gives you a really good opportunity to, to look towards the Scottish Cup and, and not, you know, not rest your players, but certainly think to yourself, right, that's the kind of the pinnacle of where the season's going to go. So um, it's there for Hearts. Like I say, Motherwell is massive on Saturday as well, but I, I think it'll be interesting, you know. I mean, if we're to lose both games, I mean, it would be an absolute disaster and um, suddenly, you know, the pressure's on again. But I, I don't see that happening. I think they'll win at least one. I don't see them losing any of them, actually. I think... Um, I think we'll beat Celtic, but at the same time, you know, you would take a point um, and then obviously take care of Motherwell. So I think for the, at least come away with four points out of the next two going into the derby, I think would, would, would be a really good, would be decent. But if we could get six out of six, then it really does set uh, things up nicely for Hearts. What's our predictions then for both games? Um, I'm going to go for, uh, I think, 2 0 on Wednesday. I think Hearts will win 2 0. I do. I fancy that. Um, and I think 2 uh, 1 on Saturday. I'm going to go 2 1 on Wednesday. I don't see Celtic not scoring. I think they'll, they'll still pull something out there. Um, Saturday, I think I think it'll be quite, hopefully, quite convincing Saturday. 2 or 3 0, I feel, on Saturday. I feel mother when we played Motherwell. Um, at home the last time we were pretty convincing against them. We had a prior worst performance season at Fur Park, but kind of gives a kick up the arse that one actually. Um but yeah, and I was just looking at the fixtures there for Wednesday night. That's Aberdeen are away are quite an informed St. Mirren at the moment, a ground they traditionally don't do well. I mean they've already lost at St. Mirren this season and Hibs play Motherwell. So in terms of the league table, a win on Wednesday night is huge because at least one of Hibs or Motherwell's dropping points. And I really don't I'm not convinced that Aberdeen will get the result at St. Mirren. So yeah, could hopefully kick on a bit there as well. But no, Motherwell, two or three, no, I, I think that'll be quite a convincing one on Saturday. I think that's the sort of thing that brought it, that Nielsen's done really well, is the the sort of, I want to say run of the mill, no home games run of the mill, but the the one the home games we should be winning, we tend to win quite comfortably. Dundee aside, is about the only one that we've not so far. Um, and that's what I think last Tuesday against the Johnston was great. It was, it was boring. I never know, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but how many times we don't win those games in the last five years. But is that yeah. just at no point did I feel we weren't going to win the game? And that's what I kind of feel like it is. Is exactly where you want to be as a club like Arsenal. You want to be going in every single home game against the teams below you, going, Well, we should be winning this comfortably and going in the home games against the old farm thinking there's a very good chance of us winning here if we turn up. And that's exactly the position we're in. And I think got a lot of credit to the players and the manager for that, getting us into this sort of situation. Hopefully by the time the Motherwell game comes along again, listen, like I said before, I'd love one in before Wednesday, but as time kind of ticks away, it's looking unlikely. If we can get maybe one in before before the Motherwell game, I just think what a new striker does for, for a football club, it really gets everybody kind of going and, um, you know, if they can either come off the bench or start or whatever and get their first goal, um, I think it takes a lot of pressure off the team. Um, I think the Motherwell one is it's a sticky one. It is a, a sticky one. I, I don't think it'll be as convincing as, as maybe what we think. Oh, I hope I'm wrong, but I just think they're, 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 they're a stuffy team and they've got a good record at Tynecastle over the years. Um, but I think uh, I think they'll it'll be a tough game and it's one that they'll they'll come and and fancy that they can heart hearts. You know, and if hearts are not at it, then um, it could be difficult. And and certainly if Motherwell were to get a result against Hibs. Um, and we were to lose, for example, they could be looking at that game and thinking, right, it's almost a straight shootout for third here. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule them out yet. But we'll see how Wednesday goes first. Wednesday's a big one, I think. Psychologically, if Hearts were to win that one, and say Motherwell drop more points again, I think that that probably means that we're more likely going and, and maybe pump Motherwell. But um, yeah, they're, they're they're not they're not they're not a poor side, Motherwell. You know, they've done well this season. I think. Even the the game at Tyne Castle, I thought we were that good in the first half that we're obviously out of sight. But um, they did come back into the game and, and they had the odd chance to to maybe um, 
sort of reduced the deficit and, and they, they played a decent bit of football and then the, mother, the game in Motherwell, they just uh, overpowered us in the end and it was a poor, poor day. So we'll have to be added to win that game. But um, two big games that sets us up for the uh, for the Derby and hopefully we're sitting here with six points. I feel a, a, a false sense of security. You seem very positive going into a Celtic and, and Motherwell double at um, Tyne Castle, but... I'm all for it. I'm all for it because usually we are moaning throughout this podcast. Thank you both for joining me this week. Next week, we'll obviously be previewing the Derby. Until then, goodbye.